Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball. Kind of whenever I'm your host, Christiana, over there to my actual left, uh, as you cannot see on YouTube, unfortunately, is Daniel Kern. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. We are we are both done with school for the the 2022 calendar year. Yeah. Uh, we're going into our, that, this is our last full year of school. Yep. Wow, that's scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, the Mets have done so much this offseason that we split their moves into two shows. Yeah, we split their moves. Carlos Correa has been so active that we are talking about two of his signings. <laughs> he loves being a free agent so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't do a first year opt out again. <laughs> Every single year. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just loves being on the market. Um, this one was not his doing, though, apparently. So, yeah, the story is uh, you know, big news Carlos Correa uh, last week, you know, he agreed to sign a 13 year. $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. Um, apparently something went wrong with the f- physical, like he failed the physical, um, and, you know, they were probably looking to renegotiate, and Correa was basically right back on the market, and the Mets just swooped him up, signed him to a 12, or at least agreed to a 12-year... This is so far, I just agreed to. <laughs> to a 12-year, $315 million deal. Uh, he's probably going to play third base beside Francisco Lindor. Um, you know, pending a physical, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, well, I mean, hypothetically, if he's taking the same physical, the Mets are probably just going to be like, who the fuck cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Very true. Like, like saw, what is he going to do? Is he going to fail the same physical again? Like, yeah, yeah. The, what, are the Mets going to test him differently? Just be like, oh, just so he doesn't fail, we're going to manipulate this test a little bit here so that so that it looks good on our end. Yeah, I saw that. There was a meme. I forget who sent it out, but, like, the... Mets with their physical, and it was that um, it was that video of the security guard that like doesn't he? Oh he yeah, just, yeah, yeah. He just is like <laughs> he just does a circle with his arms and basically passes people with through. like the yeah with like the machine that like metal detects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I think that that was a very funny thing, but yeah, I think they're just gonna he's gonna fail whatever that is, and they're gonna be like. I we'll still sign you though. <laughs> I mean, he did lose what thirty-five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, basically the equivalent to one year because he also lost a year anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, he really didn't lose an outrageous so much. Yeah, right. Um, he's, he's getting around the same deal for the first twelve years. Yep. And then, yep. then in twenty thirty-five, he's gonna be like manic. What could have been? Yeah, right. Has that physical at the ripe age of forty. <laughs> but yeah. uh... So yeah, he the only yeah the only time I can remember something like this definitely not to this magnitude, but um, I remember in 2013 Mike Napoli with the Red Sox originally signed a three-year, thirty-nine million dollar deal, and then there was something with the physical, something with his back, or like there was new medical information on him, and he got it got switched to a one-year, five million dollar deal. So I was like wondering if it was gonna be. Well, I, I didn't think it would be that extreme. But I won- I wondered if there was going to be some years cut off of the deal. There was also, uh, this wasn't for agency, it was a trade, but in 2015, that Mets-Brewers trade, that was supposed to send 
uh, Wilmer Flores and Zach Wheeler to the to the Brewers for Carlos Gonzalez, and one of those players failed their physicals, and that's why that deal didn't happen. I believe it was. Oh yeah. Because like that was the you know the whole like Wilmer Flores crying on the field because he thought he had gotten traded. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That yeah. yeah, and then Carlos Gomez went to the Astros, and like the only bad move the Astros have ever made. Right. Because they right. gave up so much in that deal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Which in the yeah. grand scheme of things, it isn't that outrageous. I remember like Domingo Santana was in it, and he had like a thirty homer season. Right. Um, yeah. Now I want to. Now I want to check out that trade. Um. But yeah. To to um, we'll get back to that. But yeah. To it's oh. it's pretty extraordinary that um that this happened. It's never happened to mm-hmm. this magnitude. So every every uh player that the Brewers got did have some sort of value. So they traded Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires to the Astros. They got back Brett Phillips, who probably contributed the least to the Brewers, but you know, he's a name at least. He became somebody, even if it was in Tampa. Um, Josh Hader goes without saying. Domingo Santana had a thirty homer season in twenty seventeen and then Adrian Hauser. Oh yeah. Who is their four starter currently. Yeah, that that was a really particularly bad news bad move for the Astros yeah. with Mike Fires in it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Infinitely worse than yeah. any any on paper statistics can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, someone needs to make like a butterfly effect video. It's like the failed physicals of Wilmer Flores led to <laughs> led to uh, my like led to the Astros, you know, getting booed at every stadium for like three years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like yeah, Jeff Lou now not having a career. Yeah, literally. That's about that's that's <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. AJ Hinch uh, managing the Tigers. Right. Dusty Baker winning a ring. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty Baker literally won a ring <laughs> because of a failed physical from seven years prior. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow, we just uncovered something. We just uncovered something. That's for sure. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least he at least Mike Fires did throw a no hitter. He did throw. I so I'm did, sure it was all worth it. Did he throw two with the Astros or or just one? Because I know he, I think he's thrown two. He definitely threw one against the Dodgers. I think he had one against the Reds too. He might. I think or no, he oh, that was with the A's. That was what he did with the A's. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. yeah. He did not have two with the Astros. Dude, he and Homer Bailey on yep. the, uh, the two no-hitter list. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Homer Bailey had back-to-back, like, league-wise. Like, he threw he threw two before anyone else had thrown one in between. Yeah, uh, right. Who else? Obviously, Nolan Ryan is seven. Uh, Tim Lincecum is two. Sandy Koufax Sandy is four. Sandy Koufax is four. Jake Arrieta had two in the same season, I believe. Or no, he had... One in the end of 2015, one in 2016. Ver- Max Serger is two. Verlander has three. Verlander is three. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, um, but, yeah, back to back to uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah. Um, what do you think about him? He's going to be playing third base. What do you think about that? I, I haven't checked if he's played it before. I mean, I'm sure it won't be drastically different. I it's weird that they have two like really great defensive shortstops and they have to pick between them. Yeah. They've already committed to Lindor first, so I would keep him there. Plus, he's probably better defensively. Yeah. Um. I mean, Correa is probably not going to be as effective defensively at third base than he was at shortstop. But regardless, I'm sure he'll still be fine. Right. Yeah. I. I'm. Uh... Yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes. I could see it going uh, two different directions. I would love to see what the 2034 Mets in middle infield looks like. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's um, it is interesting. I could see it going, you know, two two different directions. Um, like I could see it decreasing his defensive value, but I could see it being like uh, I don't know if it'll work exactly like this, but like Trevor Story, he was a mm-hmm. lifetime shortstop. He went to um, Boston, and I think he had the most outs above average he ever had in his career. Uh, or maybe maybe second most in a limited amount of games. Yeah. Um, and you know, second base is considered less a less hard that position. That is true. They they adjust positionally. Yeah, and Correa is you know he'd be going to a less difficult position in third base or what what's considered as so he might you know be able to maximize like the defensive value of third base mm-hmm. um, for the for the Mets and uh, along with that. Um, I did just check. Lindor's arm strength is 37th percentile. Correa's is 72nd. So, you know, having a guy at third base with yeah. that arm strength... Um, um, makes better sense. Is Might uh, yeah, ma- might make more sense. So, I mean, this, yeah, this will be... It's it's just hilarious, this Mets team. Yeah, it's going to be fun, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I feel so bad for the Giants, man. Like, it's not even... You know, like, who are you supposed to blame here? Can, like, right. You can't blame ownership. They were willing to give them 13 years and $350 million. Yeah. Like, you can't say that, like, they aren't committed to winning or they didn't do the right things. And also, like, you know, the Korea uh, medicals took, like, a week to to come out, and by then the rest of the shortstop market had already depleted, which it was really only one other guy. But Right. Yeah, I mean, who are you supposed to get angry at in the Giants organization? There really isn't anyone. Like, they, they tried to get Aaron Judge. It didn't work out. Uh, you know, like, the Yankees just matched their offer, and Judge clearly just wanted to be a Yankee. Yeah. Um, and, you you know, we mentioned last episode how we don't we don't really think San Francisco was that, like, attractive for Judge. Yeah. And But you know what? The Giants did what they could, uh, yep. and it just didn't work. And then they finally got Correa, you know, and then a week later, the rest of the free agents were off the board, and, oh, never mind, we don't have Correa. He's a Met, actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sucks. It sucks. That hardcore sucks. <clears throat> it's, uh, yeah, it, it's really depleting as a fan, I imagine, because, I mean, yeah, now now looking at, because we talked about uh, San Francisco not being an attractive option for Judge, and one of the things I mentioned was, like, who would Judge be excited to play with for, like, the next two, three years besides Logan Webb? Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of stardom there right now there's a lot of people that need to be uh developed um uh, i i read up um ken rosenthal's article on the athletic um the the headline said scott boris as giants had quote-unquote reasonable time to execute um carlos correa deal and one of the quotes is uh, we reached an agreement. We had a letter of agreement. We gave them a time frame to execute it, Boris said. They advised us they still had questions. They still wanted to talk to other people, other doctors, go through it. I said, look, uh, I've, uh, I've given you a reasonable time. We need to move forward on this. Give me a time frame. If you're not going to execute, I need to go to talk with other teams. Um, so I guess there was something with the doctors, the medical team. Um it does make sense that, like, the Mets and Steve Cohen would have zero concern. Yeah. <laughs> given really how would. much they're spending right now. With tax, they're going to spend $495 million on this team. Yeah, that's... It's it's literally Almost insane. Almost half a billion dollars. And they're probably going to... Like, that's... 
that's only with arbitration estimates. Like it could go over, and they might also sign more people. Like they've said, like they've suggested, we're not done yet. Right. Yeah. Like Correa's, <laughs> Correa's, whatever third or twenty million or whatever he's gonna make is gonna be like less than ten percent of the payroll. Yeah. <laughs> it's so I don't think the Mets are too worried about that type of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess the Giants, the Giants saw something. Um, Correa is someone who, at least earlier in career, had a bit of an injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019, so, he was hurt. Yeah, I think, yeah, 20... Which is 2017, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 2017, he probably would have won MVP if he wasn't, uh, if he wasn't hurt. Yeah, but, Instead um... Instead, it went to Jose Altuve, his teammate. His teammate. Um, but yeah, um, pretty, pretty wild how that turned out. Never really seen anything like this. Not on this big of a stage, so to speak. Definitely not, no. Um, with a, you know, the most sought-after shortstop on the market. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but, uh, like, a day or two ago, ESPN announced, like, the Sunday night baseball schedule for the first month of the season. And on April 23rd, Mets, Giants, in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what are, what are the Giants fans going to do? They can't really boo Correa. Like, right, he he wanted to play for them. Yeah, and the Giants were like, actually, never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did. I also saw the Rangers in there twice, which is like, yeah, it's you like, better hope. All right, to, yeah, you better hope Degrom is starting at least one of those games. <laughs> yeah, it's what Astros Rangers and who uh, Phillies Rangers, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, and well, it's on. I think it was on April second, which is like the third day of the season. So there's no way Degrom's starting unless he's like day to day to start the season or something. Yeah, right. It, it, like right. I don't think I don't think they're not gonna slate him on opening day. Yeah. Like what are they just like? Oh, we we want to honor John Gray because he's been with the team longer, <laughs> so he will be our opening day starter. No, they're it's not like, gonna do that. Oh uh, no, we got we got Andrew Heaney and Ranger Suarez <laughs> to Ranger Suarez. Or wait. Yep. Yeah, well, then maybe they just want the Rangers Suarez versus the Rangers matchup. Yeah, that's that, what they're really going for. That would be good. That would yeah. be good. It's just the the stupid broadcast jokes would be legendary. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the traitorous Ranger Suarez going against his own people. Um, anything more on the Correa deal? It it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Um, I mean, there's been so much talk about like, is Steve Cohen good for baseball? And it's like, yes. Yeah, I, I do think so. I think it's cool that he's basically just a big Mets fan that's really rich that wants them to win. Absolutely. And also, like, like we need more people like that. As someone who's watched, uh, as someone who's watched their team kind of be shy in the, a little shyer that's in the offseason than I would have liked. Especially on the free it agent makes, market. It makes them look extra bad. Yeah, when, it makes, it, it frustrates the fans of teams that don't spend a lot more. Because it's like, hey, right. why can't we do, like, a fraction of this? Because it's like, ah, I, I don't think this is a good financial investment for the team. And it's like Steve Cohen, he's just handing out $300 million contracts. Like Halloween, yeah. Yeah, like $40 million AAVs just, here you yeah, go. I mean, what, he's got Serger, Verlander, Correa, Lindor. Yeah, Nimmo. Nimmo, who we just signed. Senga, who's going to get like $15 million a year. That's yeah. That's like <laughs> 3% of the payroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah Quintana's getting $13 million a year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, McNeil's gonna start, you know, entering the later arbitration years, so he's gonna ask for a lot more. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, I think I think that's great, especially yeah. If you're a fan of another team, you're probably kind of, I mean, it unless you're maybe an NL East fan, uh, it's probably like inspiring to be like, okay, this guy's like, 
he's setting an example of like what is capable. Um, like, I was like, how do you think like Mike Rizzo, Dave Dombrowski, Kim Ang, and Alex Antopoulos feel right now? Right. <laughs> just like Jesus Christ, this is what we have to compete with. Like right. for the, it's not even like he's under a contract; it's the owner. Yeah, yeah, and like, like he's there until he wants, to, like as long as he wants to be. Yeah, exactly. Like Alex Antopoulos is like signing these crazy <laughs> team-friendly deals yeah. and he's still getting outdone because <laughs> the guy wants to spend half a billion dollars on his team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the poor, like, nationals are like, I mean, what are we even supposed to do? Right. right. It's, good. it's a good thing all four of the other teams have won a World Series in the last 20 years that they can hold on to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, very, very true. For the Marlins, it's exactly 20 years next year. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny, like, they... They're one of those teams who fake snap their playoff drought. Like it's weird to say they they've been mm-hmm. to the playoffs since two thousand three, but yeah, they technically did. They've won a series more recently than most teams. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah, they've won a playoff series more recently than what, like the yeah uh, the I, Cardinals. Right, right, right. right. Series Any AL recently. Central team. Any, yeah, any central team period, I think. Right. Right, right, right. yeah, because Brewers, yeah, Brewers, Cardinals. Cardinals. Lost Brewers lost last year. Um, uh, I guess the Guardians in the wild card series. Oh, I forgot, yeah. Yeah. They, they finally won. Yeah. They finally won a yeah, series. Yeah, the Marlins have won a playoff series more recently than the entire NL Central. Yeah. It's yeah, so yeah. sad. That's, uh, that's, that's very funny. Very funny. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I th- so yeah, I think the I did see this one uh whiny column. I think I forget what his name was. Um David David something. Um what publication? Go, uh man, I f- I forget, but I re- someone quote tweeted it and it was, you know, it was it was something. The the ratio was, you know, it was a satisfying ratio. It was like one ninety two to thirteen or something like that. That's a good one. <laughs> that's that's a great one. In quote tweets to retweets, um, it but it was basically the crux of it was like, you know, I I grew up, you know, rooting for the Mets as like a kind of a plucky scrappy team. And Come on. now Come on. And like now this is I hate that the team is trying even harder to win. Right. The Mets like how good were the Mets when this person grew up? Oh yeah. David Axelrod. Uh the tweet linking to the article or actually it's a link to the uh article about Korea. He said, As a kid growing up in New York City, I loved the Mets because they were plucky underdogs. Now they're the team who who anyone who loves baseball should root against with a disrespect disreputable owner who is blatantly trying to buy a title that hope that you have to hope he fails every every team has bought a title in some way yeah like the Astros extended Jose Altuve I know that he's homegrown but like they they bought like they bought that year yep regardless of what you want to think about it they bought that year Mm. right yeah (laughs) they bought Justin Verlander right yeah, bought him back. Get out of here. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, especially like I I would have had that take like ten years ago when like I don't know like all it all the baseball media I knew was like local like boomers talking about yeah all sports and like ah you know he they're because you know 
I think in Boston you're known to be like, oh, the Yankees buy all their titles, and mm-hmm. then you realize, oh, you know, it's better than better than better than not having titles. Better than having a ninety million dollar payroll and being in last place, you know. I would say I'd much rather buy a title than like try to try to you know be like the Guardians or the Pirates or the A's or the Rays and try to buy people in on the hey we don't spend and we're good. Right. You should respect us. Exactly. Like, I don't know, think about how much better those teams would be if they spent some money. Right, yeah. Like, what if the 2020 Rays, you know, they what if they spent big on one guy? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, that would literally be the... Um, that could be the difference maker. That would literally be the Dodgers. And now, you know, I know people would say, yeah, Dodgers have only won one fake title in their run. But, like, I mean, they should, like, they're winning 100 games left yeah. and right. Exactly. Uh, it's just they. It's just bad luck slash just terrible execution in the playoffs. Um, but I don't think it has to do with how good the team actually is. Um, anything? Anything more on this before we get into uh, the teams we did not cover in part one of no, this free agency breakdown? Let's just, let's just get right to it because we are on a little bit of a time crunch. Little bit, tiny bit. You know, we'll we got be fine, but we got people. People, and this is their last night at the house. Yeah. Um, you know, need to sell, need to celebrate, have some fun with uh, with our roommates. But um, the biggest deal, what we thought was going to be the biggest deal, we were going to be talking about today. Yeah, was uh, Dansby Swanson signing seven years, one hundred seventy-seven million dollars with the Chicago Cubs. Um, what did you think about this one? I I think it's cool. I mean, for the Cubs, they obviously needed to get somebody, and this was the answer. Um, there's been a lot of pushback against it and I always said like I thought Dansby had a potential to be an overpay honestly I don't think this is that outrageous I was yeah. worried he was going to get like upwards of like 190 maybe even 200 mil right um but 177 is you know it's whatever maybe maybe the Cubs are regretting it by the year like 2029 but like Tom Ricketts is rich enough he can f- afford it right exactly and <clears throat> I mean for this market yeah this isn't a bad deal yeah um, at all, last year if he signed it, maybe it would have been like five years, one twenty-five or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but um, but yeah, f- for this market, it's not a bad deal. Um, but it, I think what this deal represents is like this guy had a fantastic year. Yeah, I don't think they're ever gonna get his twenty twenty-one season. For being completely honest, twenty twenty-two season. Twenty twenty-two season. Yeah. Yeah, because um. I, I put this out as a tweet saying, like, because, I mean, Red Sox fans, you know, a sh- shortstop comes off the market and it's like, uh, end of the world. But uh, Dan's response in prior to 2022 had no seasons with 4-plus F4 or 10-plus outs above average, and he had no full year with 100-plus weighted runs created plus. So um, who knows if his performance last year where he had, you know, 6.4 wins above replacement and... 21 outs above average and like a 115 weighted runs created plus who knows if that's sustainable my prediction is it won't be um and who knows who knows how much of a you know how good he can be or how much of of a flop this can be but um but yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see um also what do you think about like the direction of the cubs right now it's very interesting I mean, they definitely needed a guy to build around, and, you know, I don't think they really have anyone on any big financial commitment right now that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I need I haven't looked too much into them admittedly I mean they got what so they have Dansby who's their two hitter they have Ian Happ who's one year away from free agency uh, yeah I don't know I don't know I you know it's weird I saw this team over the summer uh, and I was you know like I know all the names of the players because I occasionally do watch Cubs games yeah. Uh, and I was like, even still, I'm like, man, who are these guys? Right. Like, not like, I understand who they are as, as people and players and what position they play, but I'm like, you know, future-wise, who are these guys? Um, like, yeah. who is Alfonso Rivas? Who is Christopher <laughs> Morel? Yeah, yeah, Nico Horner, <laughs> PJ Higgins, Patrick right. Wisdom. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bunch, yeah, it's a bunch of guy yeah like create like uh yeah computer generated players yeah um it's yeah. i think i think they have uh, a lot of potential in the rotation i wish they would make uh i wish they would make hayden wesneski a starter he's not even listed on the fangraphs projected roster currently yeah i mean uh, i wish they would replace like adrian sampson or even kyle hendricks with him i get that they probably won't take hendricks out of the rotation anytime soon but I don't know. I mean, what are you gaining from him in the year 2023? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, the Cubs are interesting. They went 74 and 88 last year, um, which put them like 18 or 19. Yeah, I think 19 games out of the central lead. Um, what's important to note is like with the status of the NL Central. Yep. They've never been, they haven't been a good division in a while, and it's going to remain that way based on how this offseason is kind of turned out. And I believe the Brewers are not have not spent on a single free agent this entire offseason. Yeah, <clears throat> which is odd coming off a down year Pretty like disappointing. they like they just did. Um but yeah, it's it's kind of a weird roster. Um maybe a little bit on the younger side. I you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but like uh, farm system, I just looked up. Not the worst. They are 10th. Not the worst, but I, I'm also not impressed with some of their, their top prospects on how they performed this year. Oh, yeah. Brennan Davis. Specifically him. Brennan Davis, uh, he was a top 15 prospect yeah. coming into last year. Um, and then he had, <clears throat> I think he had like a 500-something OPS in the minors. All of their top prospects, except for Brennan Davis, are like, well, I guess Pete Crow Armstrong is there, but like a lot of them are in like rookie ball or like you know, high A. Like, we're mm-hmm. not going to see a lot of them for right. a while. Pete Armstrong, I thought, I think that can be a really good piece. I watched him in, uh, I think it was 2019, I watched him in, like, the, uh, like, perfect game, like, All-America game or whatever, because it was yep. televised, and I was like, yeah, why not? Um, and he was, like, the standout player. Uh, I wanted the Red Sox to draft him. The Mets did. Yeah. They ultimately traded him for Javier Baez for two months. Yeah, I think that right. could end up being a big steal for the Cubs. He finished the year in Double A last year, so if he comes up this year, it'll be for like half the season. Yeah, yeah, for a Mets team that did not uh, make, make the, the playoffs, playoffs or finish five hundred. Yeah, or do that. Um, I think what I worry with the Cubs is, I think they're, I think, I think they're going for like the the flop candidates in the free agent market lately. Yeah. Um, I think it started last year with Marcus Stroman, who, um, you know, he was coming off a year where, yeah, his ERA was 302. However, his, his expected ERA was fourth, uh, yeah, 433 or something like that, mm-hmm. or like way above his actual ERA. And uh, they they gave him three years, $72 million. This year he has, 
you know, a decent year, but, you know, a 117 ERA plus is not necessarily what you're looking for from a guy you're spending $24 million a year on. Um, with Dansby Swanson, I think he's a big overpay candidate as well. And then uh, with the next signing we'll probably talk about, Jamison Tyon, where they're spending $17 million a year on this guy. Yeah. Uh, that's concerning as well. So, like, especially for a team who is sort of lacking direction, adding these free agents who might miss, um, I think it could screw up, like, it could screw up their future because, hey, they could be good in, like, three years. But it would suck if, like, Tyon and, you know, or I guess Stroman wouldn't be under contract. But it would suck if someone like Tyon was clogging up salary space that they wanted to use for somebody else. I think Tyone does have uh, a lot of potential with the Cubs. He is coming off of a year, and also he's just been doing this for a couple years now, where he has very good strikeout-to-walk numbers. Uh, the only thing that really kills him is the home run ball, and I think Wrigley Field will play to those abilities much more than Yankee Stadium, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and even maybe just a change of scenery in general. Uh, you know, he always he's always had very good strikeout-to-walk numbers last year, uh, it was the second best he's had in a season with at least 100 innings pitched at 4.72. Uh, he gave up 32 walks in 177 innings, but also 26 home runs. So that's obviously the thing you need to see change. He has a, over the last, uh, well, between 2019 and 2022, he didn't pitch in 2020, but over the last three seasons, he has exactly a 100 ERA+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, and that's what the Cubs are paying, what, 18 mil for for the next four years? Uh, 17? 17 mil. Right. Um, uh, let me look at his home road splits last year. I wonder if those helped him out. I guess... He was better at home, actually. I guess possibly, like, mm-hmm. an argument you could <clears throat> you could use with Tyon is he pitched better when he was in the NL Central with the Pirates. Um, but also, that was pre... That was before a lot of things panned he out. He was much worse on the road, actually. Um, but... Like when he was with when he was with the Pirates and succeeding with the Pirates, he was kind of in a different place in his career. That was pre Tommy John, and then there was a another medical thing that unfortunately he had to go right. through. Yeah. But like a lot of stuff has happened since he was, uh, you know, his 2019 self, which was, you know, his the best version of himself, where he uh, threw or no, not 2019, 2018 self, uh, where he threw 191 innings. And had a 3-2-0 ERA. Um, you know, good strikeout-to-walk numbers, as you mentioned. Um, so, like, he was in he was in a good spot there, but it's been four years, and in 2023 it'll, been, it'll, it'll have been five years. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to commit to that guy, both in years and money. Uh, in his last 22 starts of last year, he had a 4-7 ERA and a 4-4-8 FIP. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, he just has to cut down on the home runs. Um, And it looks like it haunted him a lot more on the road than it did at Yankee Stadium last year. Um, Wrigley is definitely better for keeping balls in the park than most, I'd say. Yeah. So that's encouraging. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Yeah. um, When I put uh, notes for Ty on, I just took a screenshot of his baseball savant profile, which... Says, you know, 34, 34th percentile expected ERA, um, 17th percentile expected slugging. So, um, not the best. I should look at the uh, expected home run 
little thing there with uh, the Cubs. But um, real quick, just a note. Um, so I mentioned Wrigley Field being better with holding in home runs. Uh, the park factor for Wrigley in 2022 for home runs was 87, which yeah. means that home runs are hit at Wrigley 13% below the league average. At Yankee Stadium last year, it was 103, so a little bit above the yeah. league average. Not crazy high, but also much more beneficial for for a guy like Jamison Tyone for a home ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely an interesting... Uh, angle to look at it from change of scenery could help him change of division could help him um he's obviously going to be facing a much worse division right especially with offenses right right you know instead of having to face like you know devers and adley rutschman and you know the entire blue jays lineup he's going to be facing the brewers cardinals pirates reds yeah yeah that's you know that's a better situation to be in for sure um if you're looking so i mean i think the potential's there yeah, uh, is it ever going to be worth seventeen mil over four years? I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last uh, signing, uh, well, it was their first signing, like mm-hmm. the first big signing. But last thing we'll talk about with the Cubs, uh, they signed Cody Bellinger for one year, seventeen and a half million dollars. Um, what'd you think about? What'd you think about Cody Bellinger? signing for that one-year deal it's so insane the idea of him being non-tendered right i can't very like, much so you know he was an mvp when we were both in college yep <laughs> uh, and now he's getting non-tendered like that's different right it's not you know he wasn't dfa'd he wasn't like he was non-tendered that takes a lot it's it's surprising no doubt um, but he got he got basically like what a qualifying offer would be. Um, you know, he got seventeen and a half million dollars. This is despite him um, having very poor numbers for uh, you know an extended amount of time now. I guess you could say. I mean, he just he has not been close to the level uh, he was at in twenty nineteen when he won that MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, since he won that MVP, he is hitting 203 with a 648 OPS and a 74 OPS plus. He's been 26% worse than league average at the plate uh, since he won his MVP. Um, you know, but they gave 17 and a half million dollars to him. It's not a long-term commitment, which is good. Um, what did you think about this signing? Um, I mean, it's. I think it's a good one for the Cubs. It was a one-year, ten million or something like that. I think it was seventeen and a half. Okay, seventeen and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's basically the qualifying offer. A little less than that. Um, I know that your your no was how long are we going to talk about his potential? And I I get it, uh, because we just haven't seen it from him for way too long now. You know, yeah. it's it's easy to excuse after twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people struggled in twenty twenty, and you know there were a lot of. Uh, different circumstances in that year, not just in Major League Baseball, just in the world and the way that everyone had to go about their business for a few months, yep. and really the whole year in general. So, like, you can excuse 2020. It was also a 60-game sample. So, uh, But then 2021 happens, and it was very, very bad. He was yeah. one of the worst hitters in baseball. Uh, and, you know, it, it was so bad to the point where it's like, well, he can't be that bad again. So, like, you know, let's see how he does in 2022. And then 2022, he was better, but still a 
below league average bad and just player in general. I had him on my F4 team, and he had about maybe two wins above replacement. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's strange because we've all seen what he can do. He was literally an MVP. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't... I To be honest, I really don't know how long we're going to talk about his potential because I don't even think I blame people for doing it now, especially right. since he's, you know, going on a new team now and whatnot. Yeah, and, and um, it should be noted, when he won that MVP, he was in his age 23 season. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you would only expect It's it not to like he was, better. you know, 29 in his in his peak years. Right. Like, this this is where he should be getting better. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's getting worse. Like, um, way worse. But yeah, I mean, I guess he's, you know, he's 27. He still has time to develop and get it back, um, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think for the Cubs, you know, they're not a small market team by any chance. So giving a guy like this $17.5 million is not a big deal. Um, and, you know, it, it could work out, but I just, I don't know. I don't expect much more than like a 110 OPS plus from him this year. That's like, fair. I, I don't know. I, I I need to see it to believe it again. I think it's a good move for the Cubs just for, you know, roster purposes for 2023. I mean, they're... When you look at when you look up and down the lineup for the current year, there's not there's a whole lot of players that you're kind of turning your head and questioning. Uh, Cody Bellinger at least is a guy. Yeah. That we like we know for sure is right. a guy. Yeah, no can doubt. Can play baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done it before. He might he might put up a 6.30 OPS, but at least you know there's some level of confidence with him coming into the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I don't know if a change of scenery is what he needs. I I don't think it is what he needs. I think. I, I'm not a coach or anything, so I can't identify exact things. But there, you know, there's some things that need to be changed for sure with uh, with Bellinger. No but, doubt. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, I guess this has potential, but uh, again, I need to see it to believe it. Um, all right. So that is the Cubs. Um, He's the Chicago Cubs. They signed Swanson, Tyon, and Bellinger. Uh, now we move on to the Boston Red Sox, um, who lost yeah. a lot, but they gained they gained back some. Um, they signed Masataka Yoshida, a Japanese league player, um, who in 2022 had a 16% walk rate, 8% strikeout rate, and a 3.36. 449, 559, 1007 slash line. Uh, he also had 420 home run, 20 double seasons in Japan. Uh, what did you think about? What did you think about the Red Sox signing Yoshida? There's obviously a lot of you know question with guys who come over from Japan mm-hmm. um, because you know for for fair reason um, we never really know how they're going to adapt to the big leagues. It's a much different game over there. However. The Japanese league is very pitcher friendly, especially last year. The league ERA, I believe, was three point one six. Yeah. I mean, that's like a Cy Young candidate over yeah. here uh, in America or Major League Baseball. I guess there was a team in Canada, um, in North America. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I mean, those numbers are not to be taken lightly, especially the power numbers. I mean, the you know the Japan league is definitely less of a of an ISO league, so to speak, mm-hmm. than Major League Baseball. You know, a lot more, a lot more uh, contact hitting and less power hitting. Uh, so to see, you know, a 
what is that, a 223 isolated power, that's no joke. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, that's very good. Um, and also the walk rate. You know, I don't think he's going to put up an 8% strikeout rate over here. It's probably yeah, going to no. be higher. That's fine. Uh, I don't even really care if it's, like, 20%. Like, I really yeah. wouldn't be bothered that much. But, yeah. Yeah, he clearly was, was very good in, in Japan considering, yeah, the walk-to-strikeout numbers. And, you know, him being able to do that and hit the ball for power uh, with, you know, 20 home runs, 20 doubles in the same season four times. Um, however, you know, I, the, there might be some growing pains because I looked up, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, 1,007 OPS, that's great. That's great to have. So then I looked up uh, Seiya Suzuki who, um, you know, he signed a was deal. Was injured last year. He was injured last year, but he he signed a deal um, with uh, the Cubs last year after, you know, a successful career in the J- Japan League, and Suzuki was someone who, you know, he had a 1069 OPS in the Japanese League, mm-hmm. um, and it did, didn't translate last year. There were some injuries, uh, did have to miss some time, but, you know, he went from a 1069 OPS in Japan to a 770 OPS in uh, in the MLB in 2022. So, you know, I'm going to be wary of the... Uh, of the statistics, however, you know, there's definitely more factors. They're two different players, two different human beings. Um, so we'll see about it. But they they spent five years, ninety million dollars. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, there there's a lot of questioning over the amount, the dollar amount that they signed him for. I don't really care. I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I really don't care. Uh, the Red Sox have plenty of money, even though they're not acting in such a way. Right. Uh, I I don't care. I really don't. Exactly, especially considering the market. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it it'll be good to um, have him out there as a uh, as a I don't know left fielder, right fielder. Yeah. Um, see what he does. I wonder how he is defensively. I don't think there was much of a report on that. Um, hopefully he's like average or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, they get. Kike back in center field next year, hopefully for a full season. Um, for Dugo, will man either left or right, and this guy will probably man either uh, either left or right as well. Correct. Um, but uh, that was not the only action the Red Sox took. They signed a closer, Kenley Jansen, um, to a two-year, $32 million deal. How? Do, what do you think about that one? I think it's a better move than most people realize. I mean, they didn't have to, they got him for what like two years, thirty-two million. Yeah. Uh, so sixteen mil a year. He is on the older side, but he I think last year was closer to Pete Kenley than we've seen in a while. Right. Uh, from him, you know, he he do, he does occasionally have his stretches where he struggles. Every closer has that, yeah. but Kenley seems to get get it a lot more, like from the fans. Exactly. It happened in Atlanta. It happened in L.A. He got booed off the mound in L.A. Uh, yeah. We have seen that before. Yeah, but I think he's still a very solid pitcher. He's going to be a good, you know, for whenever the Red Sox do have ninth inning leads, I think he'll be much better than anyone they put out there last year at any point. Yeah. Uh, the Red Sox mightily struggled in the ninth inning last year. Uh, it felt like it felt like the ninth inning was like an automatic blown save at one yeah. point in the season every single year, no matter what the score was. Yeah, they just did. They haven't had. They haven't had a closer for. 
a full year since 2018. Yeah. You know, in 2019, uh, that's... They had Josh A. Smith closing games. Yeah, like, Kimbrell, Kimbrell went on the free agent market, signed with the Cubs, mm-hmm. and the uh, Red Sox, like, Workman, Brandon Workman... It was a solid, it was a solid closer that year, 3.6 hits per nine. But he didn't become the closer until, like, June or July. Exactly. Um, 2020, 20, that wasn't a thing. No. Uh, 2021, Matt Barnes was the closer for the first half of the year, then he struggled, and then he was not the closer anymore. Um, so, and the last year there was... It was Garrett Whitlock, and then they made him a starter. Right. There's just no permanent fixture there. Yeah. So I guess it will it will be convenient um, to have that option for the out of the pen for the Red Sox. I did write some notes for, Jet, for Jansen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenley Jansen in 2022 had his highest strikeout rate and lowest expected ERA in five years. Um, and also the lowest line drive rate in the StatCast era that he allowed. So in in uh, eight seasons of pitch, pitching, he had never allowed a line drive rate lower than he did um, last year. And the strikeout rate and expected ERA's uh, statistics, those are especially important to look at. And like when you say in, he had the the best the best year. In terms of those statistics in five years, you're talking 2017, you're talking Pete Kenley. So, you know, that's always a good sign. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that uh, that pans out for the Red Sox. Any more thoughts on that one? Uh, no, honestly, really not. Um, so, yeah, it's an, it's an L.A. party in uh, Boston because Justin Turner yep. also went to the Red Sox. He signed for two years, $22 million. Um, kind of a switch off unintentionally by the Dodgers and Red Sox. Dodgers got J.D. Martinez, Red Sox got Justin Turner. What do you think about that? I I mean, I like the move. I think Turner's still pretty underrated uh, yeah. in general as a player. He had a just sub-800 OPS last year, and I think he can get back to that 800 mark, even though he is 38. I think the one real concern that I have with him, one, you know, there are many great perks about his batted ball profile, specifically that he doesn't hit a lot of ground balls and also that he doesn't strike out. Uh, he does hit a lot of fly balls. The issue is that a lot of them are to the opposite field. And mm-hmm. as a right-hander, that's not going to play as well at Fenway, especially when he is 38 and he's aging, and he's probably not going to have as much power next year as he did the year before, and that's just going to become a thing every year. So right. it's great if he keeps lifting the ball as much as he is. He's going to need to start pulling them, though, because the Green Monster will play him very well, but that right field is tough. Yeah. That's... Like if you, I'm showing you his, his, this is his fly ball spray chart last year, and you see... It's a it's favoring how many, how many he has on this side versus that side. He's yeah, it's definitely favoring the right and center as opposed to the left. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not a great sign. <laughs> However, um, what can be noted with Justin Turner started the year very bad, but ended on an, on a very good note. Uh, his final sixty eight games, he had a. 342, 412, 529, 941 slash line, along with a 15% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate, and 90.1 miles per hour uh, exit velocity. Um, So he ended the year very great. J.D. Martinez was kind of the opposite. He started the year great and ended very badly. Um, So I guess if you're looking for an argument that uh, Turner was a better signing, you could say, like, he has, I guess, technically more momentum heading into this season than JD does, but um, should be interesting. He'll probably take a, more of a DH role. I've also seen 
um, conversation about him uh, playing some first base, which wouldn't be bad considering he could uh, platoon at first base for Cass- for Cassis. Yeah. And then against righties, be the DH. Will Cassis, uh, yep. will Cassis plays first base. There's a lot of fear about him coming in to replace Rafael Devers. Uh, which, no. I don't buy it. He's 38, and he yeah. is on a two-year deal. Like... That, that's a whole different conversation to be had because June Lee had a report that uh, in the negotiations that they are galaxies apart uh, and that Devers can't believe he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, <laughs> which is fantastic. I'm sure that's exactly what Red Sox fans want to hear right now. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's wild. Um, and the crazy thing, Hector, I don't know how accurate this is, but Hector Gomez had a report that said Devers wants a, what was it? It was like nine years... 300 million, like 10 years, 325 or 11, 360. I would sign him to any of those right now. Yeah. That's, that almost seems like a steal. Yeah. Especially considering age. He's, yeah, he's what, 26 now? Yeah. Like if you sign him to a nine year deal, he's going into his mid to late thirties. Right. And it's not like, um, it's not like someone who, he's someone who necessarily relies on like athleticism or Mm -hmm. like he's, he just has a great bat. Um, I guess maybe a fear is, like, you'll have to make him a DH probably midway into that contract. Who cares? But, like, I don't know. They just have they they, ju- they literally they have just, so much money They available. just had a DH of relatively the same age for five years. Right. That was one of the best <coughs> for agent signings that the team has probably ever had in team history. Yeah, and, and it's just, like, I don't know. You this, this ownership group has so much money. They're not spending it. They, like, they just have been... Very like just this particular off season. Yeah. John well John bad. Henry also has not spoken to the media since before COVID. Right. Yeah. Since so the Mookie fantastic. Best trade. Um so yeah, it's it's crazy. The Red Sox fans, you know, I I found them to be part- on the internet, like during the year particularly whiny, and now it's very justified what yeah. what uh what they're whining about because it's not it's not even about Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro anymore it's yeah. about real things if, yeah seriously yeah um, yeah Kyle Schwarber and Hunter Renfro that got very tired and I don't think they would have made us any better yeah maybe like maybe they would have gotten us to 500 yeah right cool 100% it's still, still we still would have finished last yeah um, yeah I mean that was annoying but yeah this is this is real problems <laughs> Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers those are people that you want to try to keep yep there's no other way of putting it. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and um, yeah, I guess that segues into the Los Angeles Dodgers. I guess we can start by talking about JD since we just talked about yeah. Justin Turner. Um, what do you think about uh, him going to LA? Uh, as a Red Sox fan, it hurts knowing that he and Mookie are reunited. That right. sucks a lot. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he had a very big power decline last year. Um, he only got one year 10 mil, not a lot, which makes sense because he's a 35-year-old DH. But, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of questioning over the Red Sox paying more for a 38-year-old DH instead of a 35-year-old DH they had. Um, ironically, I do think Turner has slightly more upside than JD. Yeah. But I really do mean slightly. His ISO, his isolated power last year was 174. That's the worst it's been in a full season since 2013. Yeah. Since literally his Astros days. 
Uh, it was one point higher in 2020 when he struggled. Um, yeah. But that's a whole different thing, and you can't, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, he got released by the Astros the last time his... Uh, yeah, the last time his ISO was anywhere near that. Yeah, um, he also had a three-mile-per-hour drop in average exit velocity from mm-hmm. 2021 to 2022. That's a big problem, especially considering he's another guy that pulls that goes to the opposite way on fly balls. Right, and uh, a 7.7% drop in hard hit rate. Um, Outside of 2020, it was also the lowest uh, OPS plus he's had in the season since 2013. Yeah, like... Uh, it's yeah. And he, he also started out the season hot. He was an all star, so right. Let me, let me see. He was having when some, his struggles started. He was having some great uh, Babbitt luck at the time. He was. He was having amazing Babbitt luck. I forgot about he was, that. He was like Babbitt being like four hundred. He <laughs> was pretty nuts. Um, but he was leading in hits, which is the most important stat. From July thirteenth on, he had a six seventy three OPS. Yeah, that's not ideal. And from right. Yeah, I bet there's even worse ones that I can... Eh, it's probably as bad as it's going to get. Yeah, I mean, from August 2nd on, he had a... Actually, that's average 748. Yeah, point is, second half of the season, he was a below-average hitter. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I do kind of, like, just on paper, I think I like Turner more than Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, however, like, yeah, I think Martinez... They are very similar in many ways, though. Yeah, and also Martinez is, like... You know, he's been a part of the Red Sox culture for five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was seen as kind of like a, a secondary hitting coach. I, I was I wanted him to retire with the Red Sox and become the hitting coach when he was done. Yeah, um, yeah. I have no idea if he ever intends on becoming a coach. I have no idea if if he if the Red Sox ever plan on speaking with him again until 2028 when it's the 10-year anniversary of the 2018 team. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, bringing people back. Yeah. Because the the Red Sox, there's one thing about their ownership group, and that's they love to party. They will yeah. find any excuse whatsoever to <laughs> to you know reminisce on the good old days and, and get people down to Fenway Park. Like they retired Ortiz's number the year after he retired, even though he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, you know they they normally wait until people go into the Hall of Fame to retire numbers, but yeah. uh, they did so for David Ortiz the year after he retired. I don't, I still don't understand that because. I mean, the team was already good that year anyway. It's not like they needed help selling tickets in the, you know, 2017 when they won the division. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's not like they were planning on just giving out 34 between 2016 and 2022 anyway. Right, yeah. Uh, and the, the, the greatest example of all time, I'm sure you've heard of this, Chris, was in 2012. Yeah. The eight-year anniversary of the 20, 2004 <laughs> World Series champion team. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I don't think I was watching games at the no, time. No, I wasn't. But, but I heard I about heard, it years later. Yes, me too. Me too. And I was like, absurd. yo, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. They are so lucky that 2013 was 10 years ago. Yeah. So you know they're you know they're gonna you know they're gonna bring out all the stops. Yeah. They're gonna have to bring in half the Cubs coaching staff. Because <laughs> <laughs> David Ross is the manager. Mike Napoli's the first base coach. Oh my god, yeah. I think, are the Cubs, do the Cubs come to Fenway this year? Um, they might. I mean, they... They did go to Wrigley last season, so it would make sense, theoretically. Um, Yeah. Um, Yeah, it would make sense, theoretically. Um, I'm checking that currently. 
but yeah, yeah, the Red Sox, Red Sox ownership group is interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, I think at the time of the Mookie Betts trade, you could still be like, you know, it sucked that it happened, and you, and it's you, as a Red Sox fan, were, you know, rightfully, rightfully they did, the Cubs do not come to town. Um, but fans were rightfully uh, upset at the ownership group. However, you could at least cut them a little bit of slack of like they've been spending they've been spending top dollar for like fifteen years now. Like you know they let they let this guy go. It sucks, but you know hopefully it's not a, a pattern of behavior. And now it's looking more like a pattern of behavior, which is um, upsetting. And you know it's not what any Red Sox fans signed up for. Um, because yeah, it, it just hasn't been this way for a, for a very long time. Um, all right, uh, past the Red Sox, or oh yeah, we we were already past the Red yeah. Sox, but um, <laughs> but uh, I feel like we should get into JD Martinez and the Dodgers. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Chris. I think we are close to, if not at the point of the Padres being better than the Dodgers on paper. That yeah. doesn't that doesn't mean I'm saying the Padres will win the division, but right now I think the Co- the Dodgers are tanking for Shohei. Yeah, right. And their their version of tanking is all right, guys. We're only gonna win 95 games this year. <laughs> we're only gonna spend 240 million dollars on the team this year. <laughs> we're only going to be like a fraction above the, the uh, luxury tax. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, the, the only deal they made was uh, J.D. Martinez and Noah Syndergaard, mm-hmm. um, who is, you know, not as intimidating as he once was uh, pre-Tommy John surgery and everything. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah that is an interesting mar- argument. I mean, it's weird because for me, I would have to look at, like, each position and, like, like tag him out. Because, I mean, the Dodgers still have a very talented team. With, yeah, you know Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, um, but yeah, I mean they just lost Turner, both Turners, uh, which is not very good. Um, you know they lost Tyler Anderson, which is one of their better starters, um, but you know and they only added JD Martinez and Noah Syndergaard. Maybe there's something in the trade market that they go out and get. You know they can always surprise you like that. Yeah, but. Um, as far as as far as it is now, yeah, the Dodgers have been kind of quiet. They have been, and I mean, there's not really much noise left to be made. I mean, the top free agents left are what, like Jerks and Profar and Michael Conforto. Yeah. And I mean, who's really like, what's the biggest name that has potential to be traded right now? Like, maybe Rafael Devers, yeah. but I highly doubt that. Yeah, like there's always names that are going to be floated out there, like. I think Shane Bieber was kind of floated out there. I don't um, think they're going to trade him. And, like, Brandon Woodruff, but it just... Uh, both teams are not tanking. It. Yeah, exactly. Both teams are kind of competitive. You know, Guardians definitely, Brewers are, like, sort of competitive. Yeah. They they are acknowledging that they have a team capable of winning the division. Yeah. And being snuffed out of the first round. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, if they they have to they have to score one run a game and they have a chance, but that's not a guarantee. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then when you look at the Padres, like they added Xander Bogarts, but from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three, they're also adding Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes. Um, they also just 
which I is mean, a big factor. I'm not going to act like I expect the same out of him, but they also did just sign Matt Carpenter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, you know, is, of course, going to put up a 700 slugging percentage again this year. Right, right. Um, that was so wild, that whole thing. He was very clearly retiring, and then he just came back and was, like, a legit Babe Ruth. Yeah, extremely weird. For extremely 150 weird. plate appearances, and then he came back in the playoffs and and literally did not hit the baseball one time. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um... But, uh, and yeah. They have they, Seth Lugo as a projected starter. Um, Oof. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oof. Who? The, the Padres. The Padres? They just signed him. He started in the World Baseball Classic. I remember yeah. that. Um, yeah, interesting. But, I mean, Fangraphs makes that, not the Padres. That's so true. Who knows? Um, Darvish, Musgrove, Snell, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo. Do they have, who do they still have in the farm? Adrian Morahone? Jay Groom. Yeah, it's not great. Ryan Weathers. Yeah. Who, like, walked a lot of people, yeah. if I remember correctly, in 2021, but also struck out a lot of people, so everyone was like, this guy's really good. Yeah, the Padres for sure have a good 2023 team, but yeah, I think Darvish and Snell are free agents after oh, the end of the year. Um, he gave up a lot of home runs. And Machado could opt out at the end of the year, too. So they'll have some work yeah. to do. But yeah, uh, the 2023 Padres, especially... Like, especially because we've talked about... Sorry to cut you off, but like we've talked about how this year might be the last in their window. Yeah, and considering... Um, you know, also should consider... like Should feel very optimistic about them after their playoff run last yep. year. Um, you Darvish is a free agent. Blake Snell is a free agent. Uh, Josh Manny Hader. Machado, Josh Hader. Like, Juan Soto's... A year like would be in a in a contract year in twenty twenty four, which means they could trade him if they don't plan on keeping him. Yeah, I wonder if that's the route to keeping Josh Hader or to sorry to keeping Juan Soto, is you let Machado walk. Yeah, and you let Snell walk, and you let Darvish walk, or maybe you don't even let them walk. You could probably sign them to much cheaper deals, especially you Darvish, because he's gonna be. How old is he going to be next year? Like 36, maybe? 37. 37. Yeah, I think he'll be going into his age 37 season next year. Yeah. And then you're going to have a lot of money cleared up, but you're also going to have to pay him like way more than you've paid anyone else. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Probably he's probably going to get more than Tatis. Yeah, unless um, unless he does what he did last year. Um, yeah, I don't see that, though. I think it, it would be tough, yeah. Tough to see that. I mean, yeah, I don't think he has a bit of a down year like he did last year, especially after he went to San Diego, because, like, he was probably so thrown off by that whole thing. Right. Like, all he did was reject a contract offer, and he was, and it was like, okay, you're playing your last games here, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Like, he had probably two weeks' notice that he right. was going to be going to a different team. Yeah. And it came down to the last day. Yeah, true. True, true, true. And the whole Eric Hosmer, Luke Voigt thing, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, fun day. I just remember, yeah, we were we recorded the NECBL podcast that day. Yep. Yeah, dude, after the Newport playoff game, which yeah. was, like, one of the best games ever. Oh, uh, it was so fun. Yeah. There were three, like, peak NECBL days for me. It was the All-Star game, the Newport game, and then the championship game. Yeah. Two of which were in Martha's Vineyard. Shout out, shout out to the NECBL. For real, though. Catch them, catch them, catch the league this upcoming summer. From, um, like, June to 
early June to early August. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Two months. So the uh, by the way, the Sanford Mainers uh, posted on their story recently. It was like, uh, like two people that were like doing a draft of like animals I wish I domesticated, and moose <laughs> was one of them. And they put it on their story and was like, "Did they just?" Uh, <laughs> the way they said it was so funny. They're like, "Did this person just uh, like uh, endorse the meese?" <laughs> and now I'm obsessed with with the plural of moose being meese, <laughs> even though that's very much not a thing. Uh damn. Yeah. Shout out to the Mainers for. Uh, winning the Newport game. Yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. were at. Shout out to the Aftem brothers. For, Shout out to the Aftems, sure. Quinn McDaniel, Adam Dapkowitz, Nick Lops. Yep. Uh, yep. Shout out to. <laughs> shout out to. Uh, I don't know how much. I mean, I guess I'm, I can say this on this program, but shout out to uh, Sticky Substances. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyway, earlier in the episode we talked about the Cubs and the deals they made. They lost a guy um, over the offseason. Um, they lost Wilson Contreras to free agency and he's signed with the rival Cardinals. Um, you know, taking the place of Yadier Molina who was with the Cardinals for 19 years, I believe. Uh, what do you think about uh, Contreras to the Cardinals? It feels like, I mean... I don't think the deal will go similarly, but it feels like Dexter Fowler all over again. More mm. so with the the contract is very similar, and also just the going from the Cubs to the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, I I think he's gonna make a very nice addition to that lineup. You know, they've, with all due respect to Yadier Molina, they've really lacked at the catcher position for a few years now, offensively yeah. speaking. Right. Um, and Wilson Contreras is a you know he's consistently been one of the better offensive catchers in the league. Uh, his defense is pretty good too. It's been a little inconsistent through the years, but uh, you know, it's it's someone you can at least rely on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this I mean, this will make them a better team. They have a very interesting looking lineup uh, for many reasons. Um. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And just just some like de- just guys who like are definitely known for their defense instead of their mm-hmm. offense. Um. Yeah, Contreras. I put in the notes. Uh, he's the only catcher to have only catcher to have three twenty home run seasons since twenty nineteen. Um, so he he has some power from the catcher position that uh, you don't really see very often uh, right now. Um, I think I think this is a fair deal. I think if the if I were a Cardinals fans, I would have maybe wanted one year less on the deal, considering he's going into his age thirty one season. But I mean, in this market. Five years is uh, is like two seconds uh, <laughs> compared. It to... It really does. It's it's starting to feel like that. Yeah. Like I remember the first time JD Martinez was a free agent, and now he is again. Right after a five year deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that like, five years felt like nothing. Yeah, five years. Maybe maybe COVID helped with that, but right. I don't know. But yeah, like Contreras gets a five year, eighty seven and a half million dollar deal. I think it's fair. I think you know. I, not often do you get catchers who can uh, potentially slug like 450 in a season. Um, he's not bad defensively, as you mentioned. I mean, has decent framing and pop time numbers. Yep. Um, and, you know, add that to his offense, I think that's a pretty valuable catcher to have. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the deal for the Cardinals. Um, and, yeah, I, I think you made good points. Like, yeah, they've, they've been lacking from the 
catcher position offensively. Now they have someone who's going to be able to deliver some power um, along with Goldschmidt and Arenado. Mm-hmm. Um, See, so yeah, I like it. I mean, it was really the only action the Cardinals took, but I don't think this was. Um, I don't think this was a bad move. I think this is going to end up good for at least a couple of years. Um, it's also not that outrageous of a contract, like you mentioned. Yeah, not not that outrageous. Um, and yeah, I think it's just it's just solid. I think um, it, it's I think literally just solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I think it's there's not a ton of risk in this deal. Yeah. Uh, of course, things you know could always go south in many ways, but I think I think the Cardinals are getting a good one here for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they always make like one move every year where it's like, yeah, I mean that's that's a move. Like it was move. <laughs> obviously Stephen Matz didn't work out too right. well, but that was their one move of, of last yeah, yeah. offseason beforehand. Um, one thing that we didn't mention, by the way, it's not in our prep sheet. I would like to bring it up though. Is um, Brandon Drury signed with the Angels? Oh, yeah, for an absolute did. steal of a contract, in my opinion. Eight and a half mil a year, I think it is. Yeah, honestly, the Angels are just... Uh, outside of, like, Renfro, it's, like, signing guys who have... I have no idea what to expect from them next year. I'm excited. I'm going to be honest, I am excited. I know that I'm, ju- I'm playing my own game of the try not to believe in this team challenge, like I mentioned before. But, like, this team has so much more depth now than they have before. That's true. Like, if you look at some of the guys they were giving, you know, consistent playing time to last year, like, Andrew Velasquez got 350 plate appearances last year, and he put up, like, a 58-weighted runs created plus. Yeah. Like, they had, like, they had Phil Gosselin on their team in 2022. Yeah. Not 2012, 2022. <laughs> like, that that can't be happening. Uh that you know this in this timeline, you know they gave Matt Duffy plate appearances. In fact, two hundred fifty of them. They were still giving David Fletcher consistent playing time. They gave Tyler Wade one hundred sixty plate appearances. Uh, yet Andrew Velasquez had a fifty three OPS plus. Um, you know they gave. <laughs> they still had Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the, if you look at some of the people, they gave Magnaria Sierra almost a hundred plate appearances. He had a four forty two OPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean this this team. I didn't even realize they had Jonathan VR, but they did, and he it was only like fifty plate appearances, not a lot. But if you look at some of the guys the Angels gave plate appearances last year, it's it's no secret why they went seventy three and eighty nine. But they actually have depth this year, like yeah. for the first time in what feels like forever. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, like. Drury definitely is an upgrade from whatever else they had. Um, and he's someone who uh, definitely improved a lot last year. He improved, you know, was just his bat- general batted ball profile, barrel, r- barrel rate. Um, and, yeah, it- it'll be interesting to see what he brings to the Angels. Um, yeah. yeah, the Angels, I don't know. I'm always a little skeptical of. As you should be. Um, like the Angels are a proceed with caution kind of team. Yeah, but yeah. Between them and the Rangers, like I can't really give a firm answer right now. Here's the thing: Perry Manassian's trying. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I don't think he has done a bad job as as GM in the three years that he's been there now. Yeah, these um, like mid range deals that he's been signing with Anderson and Drury, like those are not yeah. owner moves. No, this th- this is like him going about work. Hunter Renfro as well, uh, Gio Urshela as well. 
Like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe Gio Martel is not going to produce like he did in 2019. Yeah, and then. But he's not Andrew Velasquez. Yeah, exactly. And, like, look at, like, Anderson. Mm-hmm. He, just, he got he got three years, 39 million in a, in a market where Taiwan Walker got four years, 72 million dollars. Exactly. And Tyon got four years, 68 million dollars. And, and you know what? He signed that in November before yeah. any of that happened. Yeah, and Anderson. Yeah, Tyler Anderson. Like, if, he, if Tyler Anderson waited a month, he probably could have gotten a lot more. Yeah, Tyler Anderson was someone who, like, I think he was an all-MLB nominee uh, yeah. this past year after a 2.57 ERA and a 3.310 expected ERA, 3.31 FIP um, from from Tyler Anderson. Um, you know, he was a... Yeah, he got Cy Young votes, I'm pretty sure. And yeah. he, they got him for $13 million a year in this market. Um, and not only that, but, you know, you can expect a good step up from Patrick Sandoval. You know, I think the only thing I really want to see out of him is more innings pitched. Yeah. I mean, a two nine one ERA is undeniable. He only did it in 148 and two-thirds innings pitched, though, so I would like to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, and then Reed Detmers, you know, he had a strong second half. Uh, he was a how about that of yours, and you touched on a lot of specific things he can improve on that are in his control. Yeah. Uh, that he was doing extremely well. Yeah, and Jose Suarez, I think, is pretty underrated. If that's your five, then that's a good five. Yeah. It's yeah, a respectable yeah. five, no doubt. Yeah, I think with the Angels, what you have to look at, like, you, you don't want to look at the rest of the AL West. You want to look at the, right now, like, the five, six seed team, like, the wild, the, the yeah. secondary wild card teams. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not, they're not near the Astros level yet, probably not at the Mariners level, but they could, you know, there's always potential for them to maybe – Snag a wild card spot, you know, especially with the with the twelve team that, format now. I know that Brandon Jury is, you know, not like the premier player on this team. But do you do you think that this solidifies them as a better team than the Rangers on paper going into this year? Um, yeah, that's a I, that's a good question. I think I think both teams are similar the, in mm-hmm. where I see some great players, and then I see you know not much not much behind them. Um, but you know, adding Drury and Tyler Anderson helps them out a little bit. Uh, they also didn't lose anything in free agency, I don't think. Um, I mean, the only let's be honest, the only valuable pieces they can lose are like Trout, Trout and Otani. So it's not like they no, can't. Neither lose of too our much. two great players went to free agency. Yeah, so we had a great offseason <laughs> as far as you know what we're missing from last year. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it is a debate um i think it was a debate before them getting drury too um because like i don't know i mean the rangers won 68 games last year you always have to remember that um even with all, all the signings they've made so um yeah, they did have the one run games thing though they did and what the angels won 73 games i think yes so i don't know they're they're even i think they were even before they're even now um so uh so yeah, it'll, that that's that is going to be an interesting topic topic of conversation. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about the big the the only real big trade that that happened in this yeah. big mess of, yeah. a, of an off of a winter meeting slash off season? The three team trade. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Sean right. Murphy talking about the trade. Sean Murphy. Got traded to the Braves. William Contreras got traded to the Brewers. Not much got traded to Oakland. <laughs> really, not much. That's it's such a sad trade for the A's. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Sean, Sean Murphy had three years of control. The Braves had been a little too quiet for my liking. Yeah. Uh, during the winter meetings, especially with what the rest of the division was doing, mostly the Mets and Phillies, the Marlins and Nats have not done much. The Marlins haven't signed a free agent either, by the way. Yeah. Um, that's something we can get into later, but the Marlins, I think, have been very questionable in how they've run their team over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sean Murphy is going to slide in as, you know, probably like the five or six hitter in this lineup that has Acuna and Harris and Riley, Olsen, Albies, Vaughn Grissom, Ozuna, um, whatever's left of Ozuna, Ozuna from the Braves. Yeah. Um, he's he's a very good catcher. He's a guy that they can probably lock up on another team-friendly deal. I don't even think it's going to be you know that outrageous of a deal. I mean, a Sean Murphy contract, I'd probably think like, Maybe six, seven years for like eighteen, nineteen mil a year. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you don't, you can get away with not having to pay him an outrageous amount of money. Yeah, Murphy is heading into his age twenty eight season. Um, he's he's in a he's in a perfect time of his career to sign one of those team friendly extensions. He's about right. to start start arbitration. Uh, I'm sure the Braves would love to just sim through all that and be like, hey, yeah. here's this. Yeah, exactly. And um, here's you know three years past her free agency or so. Right. Um. So yeah, and I think what what Murphy brings that maybe the Braves haven't really had on their roster um, is very elite defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's already won a Gold Glove before. Um, I think that was in twenty twenty one, and he's just someone who uh, he has really he has really really good defense. He's he was in the eighty six percentile of framing. Uh, last year, 96 percentile pop time to second base. Last year, um, you know, catches guys stealing uh, better than most guys in the league. And on top of that, he's a good hitter. Mm-hmm. He was 22 percent above average offensively last year. Um, so I mean, that's a great combination. He's very valuable right now, and the fact that he went to the Braves for as little as he did is is absolutely nuts. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, <coughs> you know, people talk about, like, oh, we need to investigate the Braves, and yeah. it's not just a free agent thing, it's a trade thing. Right. Uh, I think William Contreras is a very valuable piece. He's only going into his age 24 season. Yeah. I think he I think he has potential to be the best offensive player on Milwaukee next year. Yeah. Um, he certainly gives them a lot of what they lack. Probably the best, I mean... You know, the last, I say the last good offensive catcher they had had to have been Omar Narvaez, which, granted, that is the last catcher they had, period. But yeah. I wouldn't say he was particularly good in 2022. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's going to add a lot. You know, the Brewers, it looks like, have been very stuck with the Yelich contract to where they haven't spent anything else. Yelich yeah. had the highest ground ball to fly ball ratio uh, in terms of ground ball last year, so that was pretty ugly. Right. Yeah. Like I believe he hit two point five more ground balls than fly balls last year. Yeah, Yelich has been particularly particularly bad with the ground balls. Um and yeah, you make a good point with Contreras being a good piece. I think there's a solid argument mm-hmm. that the Brewers turned out the best in this deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I mean, what did they give up? They gave up a guy who was in the hater trade. Yeah. Um Perez. Like they got a 25-year-old catcher who just came off a year in which he uh, was in the, uh, what was it, 
90th percentile expected slugging, 91st percentile barrel rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just he he hits the ball hard, hits the ball well, um, and I think like that's that's a that's a pretty valuable asset to have. It may be a guy who yeah has only really had one good season, but he's also 25, um, and there's there's value to be had, and you didn't really have to give up anything for him. The A's are gonna be tough to watch next season. Oh my god. Um, I mean, they're really gonna like. I, there might not be a team out there that's relying more heavily on development than the A's. Yeah. Not for like, not for like we need these guys to be good so we can be good. It's like we need these guys to be good so we can exist. Right. Like yeah. quite literally, so we can exist as the Oakland A's. Right. Yeah. Because this is this is the these are the types of seasons that are gonna precede like a move. Yes. Like. It you know. sucks. Like, the Oakland fans have just been shoved into a locker with, like, the Raiders moving, uh, the Warriors moving. The, the Warriors moved to San Francisco, correct? Which, I mean, they, you know, they can still very easily root for the Warriors, but... Uh, and then with the A's, it's like the, the team has no interest in spending. They never have. They've, they've, they made a whole movie about how the team doesn't spend, you know? And don't get me wrong, it's a fun movie for baseball fans, but ultimately... I think there's a fair argument to be made that it's hurt the A's more than it's helped. You know, 2002 was cool and all, but what has it meant for the last 20 years? Right. Uh, and you, you know, you have guys like Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, that get traded and ultimately just leave this this barren wasteland of a team that is in a fake stadium. Uh, and of course, fans aren't going to come out to watch, and the ownership is going to look at these results and be like, "Oh, well, we're just going to move because clearly the people in Oakland don't want to watch this team." And it's like, no city would want to watch this team. <laughs> yeah. Literally, no city would want to watch a team. No disrespect to any of these people listed, but like, no team wants to see Tony Kemp at leadoff. No one wants to see Ramon Laureano as the three hitter. Jace Peterson as the cleanup hitter. Uh, yeah. Uh, and like Cole Irvin as the ace. Yeah. Cole Urban's very good, very underrated, don't get me wrong. He's a 4-3-4 at best. Yeah. Yeah, and he'll probably be traded this season. He probably will be traded. Like, yeah, it, it, yeah, it sucks. This is what, um, like, this is the, uh, opposite spectrum of Steve Cohen. Yeah. Like, (laughs) of, of owners not trying to win. Mm Mm-hmm. Not even attempting. And yeah, like, the idea of trading someone like, uh, Sean Murphy is, you know, you'll get you'll get prospects back. You'll be able to develop, and maybe these guys will be good in three or four years, um, or at least come up in three or four years and be good in like five, six years. But that's not even happening. Yeah. In this scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think you you put it pretty well there. Um, over all the. Uh, FIFA cheering, I think, that's going on downstairs. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we record in different places, uh, and today we're recording in my room because we're not sure if we could get the podcast equipment in Wiser. It's, you know, our last day of finals. I think tomorrow's the makeup day of finals, so I don't know. know there was such a thing. It's weird weird times in in college, for sure. Yeah. But we're in my room, and... You gotta love a college that lets you out on December 21st. Yes, yes, because we need we need to have we need to get back after Labor Day, you know. <laughs> Summer's not long enough; it's only four months. Yeah. Um, but you know, won't won't really be a summer next year, unfortunately. Not to get dark. No, that's um, terrifying. But yeah, 
the last significant signing I'd say to get into yes. our favorite guy. Well, definitely your favorite. Definitely guy. my favorite guy for sure. Josh Bell. Yeah. Look so, at look at Cleveland. Look yeah. at look at the Dolan spending some money. Wow. <laughs> you never thought it would happen. Um, I mean, what they spent four years or no two years? Thirty-two million. Thirty-two million. Uh, hey man, you love to see it. Yeah, you really love to see it. We've uh, we've emphasized this point, and actually, Sarah Langs had a tweet about it that you know she probably knew about this information, but didn't want to crap all over Josh Bell. But like Josh Bell, the difference maker is whether he hits the ball in the air or not. Um, he has a ground ball problem. Um, when he got traded to San Diego midseason, which last is why year. Cleveland's the perfect place for him. Yeah, <laughs> he'll be in a lineup with Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, yeah, um, yeah. Ahmed Rosario, um, Andres Jimenez, all of which are primary ground ball hitters. Yeah, but he he he's fantastic when he lifts the ball. The problem is most of those people are fast. He's not. Yeah, um, he's not fast. He he's he's better when he lifts the ball in the air. However, he's had a ground ball problem. When he got traded from the Nationals to the Padres, um, that ground ball problem re- reappeared. Yeah, it was a thing in 2020. It really started being a thing in 2020. It reemphasized itself in 2021 when he got traded to the Nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and into 2022, it looked like it had been getting better. Uh, and then he went to the Padres, and he was an—you know—he was fantastic at the start of the season. He was probably playing his best baseball since 2019, when he was an all-star in Cleveland. Uh, he was in the home run derby that year, in fact. Yeah. And he got traded, and it became worse than it ever was. Yeah, yeah, it got pretty, uh, pretty rough. Um, I guess the potential optimism with his ground ball hitting is um, the shift not being a thing next year. Yeah. Um, some there's some slight advantages when he doesn't have the uh, infield shifted against him. In his career, he slugs 484 against a standard infield, but when he shifted, it's 411. I mean, it makes sense because he's a guy that hits the ball really hard, and ground balls are just very much harder to make plays on when they're harder hit. That's yeah. just it's pretty basic. Uh, and yeah, when there's when you're hitting it to more favorable sides of the field, such as in a standard shift, it's going to be harder to make the play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do still think he needs to lift the ball. If I want a ground ball rate just below fifty percent, yeah, I don't care if it's forty nine point nine percent. Just get it below fifty, please. Yeah. please, that's, Josh. That's being nice. Forty nine point nine percent is still above yeah. league average. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. Um. But yeah, it it'll be interesting to see. It's you know fun that the Cleveland Guardians spent in free agency. Don't usually see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good. Um, who was playing first base before that? Uh, Josh Naylor. Josh Naylor. He, they have Bell DHing. Um, okay, so yeah. They had Gabriel Arias in their playoff lineups. <laughs> yeah, that'll be, yeah, it'll be good to have him in the DH role. Um. Yes. And the cleanup hitters as well. He'll be, he'll go nicely with Jose Ramirez, two switch hitters back to back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, with Bell, like, there's a ton of potential, however... Um, he he's been unfulfilling in certain cases, certain certain time frames. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been good. Um, all right. Um, that's basically it. That's yeah. That's all the signings so far. Even th- even the future signings. 
it, they're not going to be not much to talk lot. about. There's really so not like, a lot. Oh, wow, Nathan Uvalde got two years, $30 million. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. How does this affect LeBron's legacy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to record, I'm going to be honest, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is our last show before Christmas. Yeah. I can't imagine us doing anything before then, and then I am going to be away for much of the time between Christmas and New Year's, mm. so I think this will probably be our last pot of 2022. Yeah, yeah. So how about that? How um, about that? I think in, on our next show, we'll definitely um, dive into the Hall of Fame uh, a little more. We should, yeah. I agree. Um, the BBWA. Because we still haven't talked about the results of that um, contemporary era ballot. Yeah, I thought we did. I don't think we did. Oh, well, shout out to Fred McGriff for real. Yeah, congratulations. No, we definitely, I could have sworn we did. We, we, it was ta- we previewed it. Oh, oh, seven. Or was that, was that previewing it? We previewed it. Oh, shoot. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, I, But I don't think we recapped it, but nothing to do right now. Yeah, well, shout out to Fred McGriff. Yeah, you're right. We haven't gone over it. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that happened, and then, and then a billion free agents signed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Literally, yes. It was <laughs> the start of the winter meetings. Yes, yes, that happened. Um, but yeah, shout out to Fred McGriff. Shout out to all the free agents getting their money. Yeah. This off season. Except for Jose Quintana, who did not get his money. Yeah, he didn't get his money. Um, yeah. Brian Drury sure. didn't get his money. Uh, Zach Eflin and Tyler Anderson. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, didn't wait until December to, so that yeah. they could get $100 million deals. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for this episode. Um, if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow the Instagram at Chris Gianta. Uh, also follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore current. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one and we hope to see you next time where we will probably be talking about the Baseball Hall of Fame. We will see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.